Welcome to Day One Patch Podcast, episode 384. I'm your host, Ryan Johnson. I only got Matt with me today. Everyone else blew away. Yeah, windstorm over here. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of the top stories this week include Microsoft reportedly uh, working to bring in-game ads to free-to-play games. Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 might be too big for the Nintendo Switch, according to the uh, the good folks over at Digital Foundry. PS Plus was devastating for Oddworld Soulstorm uh, developers. We actually got some insight into how kind of PS Plus operates. And then finally, uh, Sony goes big on Epic Games with a whopping $1 billion investment. Damn. Billion with a B. So we'll go ahead and get into that. First off, uh, oh, I have what's new. It's actually supposed to be what were we playing. Uh, Matt, what are you playing? Uh, I have uh, actually done quite a bit of stuff this week um, in, in terms of gaming. So I beat Dying Light 2, finally. Um, game kind of overstated its welcome in terms of the story. But having gone back and watched some lore videos, I kind of realized how much side stuff I was doing without really realizing it. Um, I wasn't trying to do all the side stuff. Certainly I left stuff on the table and I was doing stuff that was more convenient for me or when I needed to upgrade, uh, like level up and stuff like that. But uh, apparently I was actually doing a quite a bit of side stuff and, um, that's actually good, good news for the game. Cause it had the, the quests were real, like pretty well written. Um, so I didn't really realize that I was going, kind of going off the rails in that way. Uh, I got the worst possible ending, as far as I can tell so far. I've only just started watching lore videos and stuff like this. And um, Ryan and I were talking before the show, and Ryan has not beat it. He's at the part where it says you're about to enter the epilogue, the final chapter. Um, and I was talking to him about how I've been watching these lore videos, and these lore videos have a lot of <laughs> surprise, surprise lore in them. But... It's a lot more in depth lore than you would think, or at least that I thought that I would have thought about the city and about what happened to mankind and about what happened between the the events of the of the second game or the first game, excuse me, and and the DLC. And there's just a lot to unpack. It, it and and it talks a lot. Like there's a lot to learn about the people that are in the city, ex- like currently the uh, you know leader, of the peacekeepers, the leader of the renegades and so on and so forth there's like quite a bit of lore and history of villandor sort of kind of produced those characters and the way i experienced it and maybe it was my choices because you know everyone's gameplay is going to be a little different um i found that my experience was very sort of shallow shallow is in it was very aiden based which is the character you play as a lot of the stuff that i played was very like, does Aiden want to do this? Yes or no? Like that's kind of how the decision felt. And I would, I understand that some of them would obviously have impact in the city, but the story seemed to very much um, reflect and kind of go around Aiden's desires. And then occasionally you could affect the city uh, as promised, which I mean, I kind of thought was a little shallow, but Having watched these lore videos and having seen a few, if not all of the other endings and seen what's going on, I think maybe it was my choices. I'm not entirely sure. But one thing is certain is that this game doesn't use its lore as a crutch. And I think it kind of maybe not should have used it as a crutch, but I think this game could have really told a better story instead of leaving it to 
the collectibles. So in this game, you can obviously collect things as you can in most other games. You can find audio tapes, newspaper clippings, and, and those sort those sort of things. And obviously, there's going to be certain pieces of dialogue that you might catch from different characters as well here and there. And there's like a really, like I said, a really deep history that really didn't, I didn't understand. I, I paid attention to the story. I knew what I was doing, when I was doing it, why I was doing it, why I made the choices I made. But I didn't understand the city as much as I maybe like thought I did, which is interesting. And I kind of feel mm-hmm. like it's a bit of a shame that I, I kind of, I, I, I feel as though I would have done more side stuff and, and maybe even got the platinum if I related to the city more like I did in dying light one. I don't know. Right. Like, like, cause you, you, you felt the same way, right? Ryan, like it's very like an Aiden based story. Oh yeah, hundred right? percent. But yet, there's like, like there's a lo- there's a lot of lore. Like Villador, for example. I mean, collectible uh, spoiler, I guess. It's like Villador was the last bastion of mankind, and and housed what was seemingly the last governing body called the um, Council. I believe it was the Council of Mankind. It's like that's a huge fucking deal. Like, yeah, why wasn't that more present? And and this like that crazy past was touched upon here and there where the one guy, the colonel or whatever, gets named the butcher for killing all these people, this and that. And again, you can learn more about these characters in the collectibles. And I'm fine with games that do that. But I think this game should have brought more to the forefront. I would have felt like better about being in the city. I would have been I would have had more information behind my decisions. I did not skip dialogue. And uh, one other thing that really sucks too um, is I think last week I mentioned because I was in the middle of the, I was in the middle of the epilogue last week I believe, and a couple of characters just sort of appeared. Uh, apparently that is a bug, and uh, a cutscene <laughs> a cutscene just didn't play for me because somebody else was doing a different ending than me, but had the same thing where somebody just sort of appeared and was like, "What the fuck?" And uh, then someone mm-hmm. else was like, "Well, why didn't you like why did you skip the cutscene?" And they're like, "But I didn't like I." Like the screen went to black and then it like played like part of a cutscene or it like just suddenly a character was in the game and it was because like something didn't work. So that's good. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, there's there's that whole thing. And uh, there's a guy that's doing Easter eggs that I'm watching on YouTube as well. And uh, he had a bunch of trouble trying to get the Easter eggs to pop. And so he got some of his YouTuber friends and some of his community to help give him the clips to do it to, or to show it like like record the clips to, to show it on the channel because he couldn't get them to work like he would do them right mm-hmm. like it's literally like hold square here and sit here for a couple minutes and it just didn't work for him um so which is which is unfortunate but um i because i know this extra bit i'm still going to keep lo- like watching and watching these lore videos and you know kind of catching up on some lore and i may go back to this game i may even do another ending i might go back and mop up some side stuff because I, I do it. like worlds like this. What's that? Platinum it. I don't know if I'm going to do that. Like, I um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can do that. Um, because uh, I actually purchased a whole, like, crap ton of games again. So uh, I'm going to pull this up here. Um, I have, I think it was like a few years ago, I mentioned that I purchased like a whole bunch of games on the PlayStation on sale. And... Uh, I, it took me like a few years to get through them. It was something like Death Stranding, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a few others, and I'd saved like hundreds of hundreds Hell of yeah. dollars. And I did this again. I'm just going to p- try to pull this up on my phone because I took a screenshot of it somewheres. 
Uh, yeah, there it is. So I bought the Arkham Collection, uh, Injustice with the, I think it's called the Ultimate Pack or whatever, Ultimate Edition DLC or something like that. Um, the, the first two prototypes, which I think there's only two. So prototype one, prototype two, and Tekken seven. And I think it's Tekken seven. Well, the, the latest Tekken. Anyway, the subtotal was $320.94 Canadian. And there's supposed to be a tax of $7.04 on there because there was a discount applied because usually the tax is much higher because there was a discount applied of $266.82, (laughs) which brought my total with tax to $61.16, less than the price of one game after tax, one one new game um, in Canada here. Everything was at minimum 80% off and at most 85% off. So... Uh, this is going to do me for a couple of years. Obviously, I'm not like, you know, not, I'm not thinking, oh, I'll get through this a couple months. No, there's no way. Uh, but I've always wanted to go through the Batman games. I always wanted to go through the prototype games. And so I'm, I'm just doing this. I think this is how I'm going to buy my PlayStation games, or at least this is how I'm going to like buy the for the majority. Um, mm-hmm. Or for the majority of my single player stuff, I should say. Um, and then finally this week, uh, well, I did I did some, some Elden Ring and I am in a foggy, snowy area to be vague because I don't really know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's like it's past the capital city and it's foggy and snowy. And I found some crazy side dungeon and I'm lost in there. And then uh, so I did that. And then uh, now, actually, finally, I have gotten back to the Terminator game, the Terminator Resistance Enhanced, which is for PS5. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a good game, man. Um, it's really good because uh, I've been doing the DLC. been doing there's two DLCs. There's Infiltrator mode, which you play as a Terminator. And then there's another mode with Kyle Reese. I forget the name of it. Um, I think it's called the Annihilation Line or something. And so I've been playing that. And that game's a ton of fun. Uh, it's fucking scary, though. Like, this game has some some serious horror elements. Um, there was a part where I hear somebody, like, it sounds like a little girl going, like, help me, I need help. And so your character yells out, and she doesn't just repeat herself. She, like, responds. And so you radio to Kyle Reese, and you're like, hey... You know, I think someone's over here and he's like, well, just be careful because I guess the check is like, and this isn't said in the game, but like from my movie knowledge is like the Terminators like can emulate voices, but like they usually don't respond. They usually just it's a quick recording and she would just keep saying the same thing like help, help me. So this this like little girl is responding. And so I go down this this hallway and I'm trying to find her. And as I get to this door that's barred, somebody starts beating on the door. And so I'm like, holy shit. And I turn on my scanner because you can see through you can see Terminators through walls within a certain range. And I see this massive Terminator with a chain gun trying to beat its way through the door. So I panic. I've run down a hallway to get here and I run back down the hallway and realize without having noticed it when I came that I dropped down a point of no return. And then this Terminator just goes room to room down this hallway searching for me. And so I'm like hiding in this fucking room because I don't have much health. I don't have many whatever. And I, like, end up getting in a huge fight with him. I ended up defeating him and almost dying. But, like, this is just one example of shit that happens in this game like that. Um, wow. it, it's really cool. It's, like, it's, it's really well put together. At least I think it is. Um, notes in the game, like, because it's a shooter with, like, open world segments. And the side quests are really well done. So it's not like an open world in which, like, you have, like, you know, exclamation mark here, exclamation mark here, exclamation mark here. It's more organic. So, for example, it's like you go into this one place. It's like the first open world area. I think it's the second open world area. 
and there's like an HK, an HK aerial flying around, which is like a flying like thing that'll kill you. And like Kyle Reese mentions to you, like, hey, you know, we can't take this on, yada yada. And your character's sort of gung ho. And he's like, oh, I could, you know, we, we, we could take it out. We, you know, in, in, and I think Kyle Reese gives you like a little bit of insight, like, oh, like, um, there's a big antenna that's like telling it to patrol and this and that. And so your character's like, oh, so what you're telling me is, is like, I need a rope to get below into this facility to take out this antenna. And he's like, you're crazy, but in theory, yes, like, you're right. And you could go do that. That's a side quest. So it's like more organic, which I really like. Yeah. Um, and whoever the fuck like put these environments together, like it looks like the movie. Like it looks like the first movie's depiction of the post-war of the future. It's crazy how well it fits. The music's really good. And like I wish it was a photo mode because like I'd be taking photos of like the city all over the place. Like it's like it's fucking scary and it's like very accurate. Like the environment's really good. The the voice acting's bad, I'm gonna tell you right now. This is like a like an indie dev or like a smaller dev. The voice acting's not good. Um, in the main campaign, the voice acting's, I would say, very bad. In this DLC, it's improved, but it's still bad. So it improved by, like, maybe 50%. But it's not that good still, uh, which is unfortunate. But, um, I don't know. This, this game's really well concocted. If you're a fan of the Terminator series, there hasn't been a Terminator game, to my knowledge, that's been like this. And this is, like, totally a legit game. It's not, like, some little shitty indie game or anything. Like, this is, like, a legitimate like shooter with a with small open world mechanics, not a massive open world. So if you're interested at all, like the campaign, this campaign I'm playing now, and then hopefully infiltrator mode, which I haven't tried yet, are going to be really good. So I'd, uh, I'd give it a try. Well, that's a shame. It didn't get more attention. eh? Yeah, honestly. Um, I watch, uh, I watch, uh, quite a few YouTubers that just do reviews, like when they get to stuff. And one reviewed the the game when it was on PS4, and I think he, maybe he was reviewing the PC version, whatever, because um, they upgraded me for free to the Enhance, which is why I bought the DLC. And um, anyway, th- this reviewer even said, like, this is like a surprisingly decent game. And he said, like, something along the lines of, um, I think it was G-Man Lives is the channel, and I th- and uh, hopefully it was him. And, um, you know, paraphrasing what he said, but he said something like, you know, if this was a game that was like another license or if this was just a game of like a military shooter, it wouldn't make any splashes. You know, it wouldn't be bad. It's not a bad game, yeah, yeah. but it wouldn't make a splash. But he's like, but this is a fucking licensed Terminator game and we don't mm-hmm. have that. And so, like, that's why this game matters. And he was saying, like, how, like, sure, there's like some areas where you can tell, you know, that the budget isn't there. But yeah, of course, it's like a smaller studio, but it's like a really well put together, like, game for the budget, I would say. Just need some better voice actors. <laughs> it sounds like that um that one game where North Korea invades. Home front. The first one, not 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 the second one. Home the first front. one was just was just a good old, you know, double A shooter. It was kind of something fun like that I probably would have rented and loved when I was a kid, you know. Well what's sad about Homefront is like I I listened to the the gamers channel you've probably seen them ryan it's gamers but the a's a v i think um and they do like the history of this the history of that the rise and fall of so i think it was the rise and fall of Homefront, and it talks about how like the first game was received like rather okay like not great but it's like the multiplayer was actually considered really good because the like, cod wasn't like super established at that point and stuff like this um and like it was considered like a good game you know just straight up and then I looked it up after and people are fucking just ragging on it. And I was like, man, like, 
I don't know whether I've like become more agreeable in my old age, like maybe, but at the same time, it's like, I just thought it was a fun, like you're saying, just a fun, go in there, do a little campaign. It's like not the deepest writing. It's not the deepest story, but it's just a good campaign in a new environment because we rarely see uh, fighting in America. Like, I don't think we ever had a North Korea invading, invading uh, America game. So it's like, you know, a different enemy. It's a different uh, feel. It's a different thing. And and that that's just it was just a fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's unfortunate that people were ragging on it. But uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, the second game sucks. I wouldn't advise it. <laughs> um, I played it and beat it and uh, I wouldn't advise it. So that's my take on that. Okay. <laughs> Was that all you're, you're playing? That's it. What have you been doing? Uh... So I beat Elden Ring last week. Uh, I did start a new character. Haven't been doing that too much, though, because it's such a big game, and I just kind of wanted to get onto something else. So I've been putting my time into Dying Light 2. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out, that, that part where you says like you're entering the epilogue, doesn't the epilogue come after the end? Why would it say you're starting the epilogue when I haven't even done the end yet? Oh, I actually looked this up because I thought the same thing. I thought something screwed up. Uh, and when I looked it up, it was like translated or dictionary or whatever uh, defined as like the final chapter. Oh, okay, so it's just it's just I guess we normally think of it as something after the end, but it actually literally is the end. Like most books, probably end in the final chapter, and then the final chapter is called an epilogue. But technically speaking, it is the final chapter. They just used right. it, I guess, in the more literal sense, right? Right. Okay, that makes sense then. Um, but yeah, uh, I do think I haven't looked at the trophies. I'm going to take a look at those and see if I actually want to just keep this on the console and platinum it, um, over time, you know, just as like an in-between kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I started Lost Ark, which is the Amazon free to play, um, Diablo-esque MMO. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was Diablo-esque. Yeah. And I think they even steal some of Diablo's like graphics. Um, <laughs> There's a couple parts where you can kind of tell it looks a lot like Diablo, but it's not it's not themed like Diablo. It's just it plays like Diablo. Right. Um, I can't remember the name of those kind of games. Isometric. That's it. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know if it's my type of game. Oh, I have something. I have a nitpick. Okay. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. So you can choose different classes. Each class has a difficulty rating, which I imagine is like how difficult it is to really master, right? So uh, the difficulty rating is out of five, um, and like the warrior class, which is like your basic kind of character, has difficulty of two out of five, right? The mage has a difficulty of four out of five, and it goes on like this, giving the different ratings. However, not one of them is rated one out of five. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. And so I'm like, why do you have it out of five? In relation to what? Yeah, it's like in yeah. relation to like, <laughs> did you have a class that you got rid of that was easier? Like, what do you mean? Unless they're going to be adding classes in the future, which is might very well be the case. It's an MMO. You know, it's going to change over time. Um, and no character was five out of five. And so it's like this whole scale <laughs> is just dumb. You know, it's just a waste of my time. They just wanted to make you seem like you're doing something different. That's really bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I, I chose a mage character and uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm not that technical of a gamer and so choosing a character that is a 4 out of 5 difficulty 
probably not the wisest, but I just don't I don't know if I'm going to spend a lot of time with this game. I just wanted to check it out because I uh, it got some talk when it when it came out or at least came to the West. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Other than that, um, COD Mobile's taking a bit of a backseat in the last week. Well, you and I played it. You and I even played it last weekend. Uh, yeah, that's right. But um, I, I kind of slowed down a bit on it. Um, I think that's everything. Did you ever beat? The, did you want, beat, did you finish that season? Like you wanted to play to beat oh, the season? Oh no, I'm not even it? close now. I'm, it's now I'll have to like level up like five times a day just to like finish the season. Oh my so god, that's not gonna happen. Yeah. All right, let's hop into the stories. First up here, Microsoft reportedly working to bring in-game ads to free to games. This is a uh, article from GameSpot, but is uh, reporting on a report from Business Insider. The goal, according to the report, is to provide a new revenue stream for developers. Microsoft itself would not be taking a cut of the ad revenue generated. Examples of how ads might be placed include billboards in a racing game. Uh, while that might sound somewhat uh, natural, it's noted that Microsoft is aware of the potentially off-putting nature of advertising in games, something that is still rare in PC and console games. Past implementations such as the infamous uh, boards in Battlefield 2042 have gone over over poorly with players. I didn't even know they did that. Did you know they did that? No, I didn't actually. Well, that's news to me actually. But that's that's funny given the state of that game. That's well, probably because we could rarely get into a match, so you didn't really see many billboards. <laughs> yeah, uh, that apparently is not enough to dissuade Microsoft from pursuing this avenue. But the report states that a private marketplace could be created so that only certain brands can participate. Uh, Microsoft did not specifically address the report. Saying in a statement, we were always looking for ways to improve the experience for players and developers, but we don't have anything further to share. So, Matt, how do you feel about advertisements in free-to-play games? Well, here here's a weird one. Um, I actually remember this not in free-to-play games. I remember this in mm-hmm. Rainbow Six Vegas. And I also remember this in the first Crackdown. Uh, when the first crackdown was around, the billboards and the advertisements on various things, um, like, I don't know, probably the bus stops or whatever, but certainly the billboards were real advertisements. And I remember when I was playing crackdown, I played it kind of later in its life and all the billboards were just one missed call for that damn movie. Cause I presume it was their only advertiser. And so everywhere Mm -hmm. I drove was just like one missed call, one missed call, one missed call. Um, and it's the same, it's the same with, um, uh, Rainbow Six Vegas. I don't know if it was the first or the second or both, but it was certainly one of them. And I remember like advertisements for sure on the billboards because obviously you're in Vegas and there's lots of advertising stuff around billboards and other things. And those were real advertisements as far as I know because they would ro- they would rotate out. They would there would be an update to the game and then the the advertisements would change. And again, later in its life, we we, we were continuing to play it and there were less unique advertisements and more repeat advertisements. And so, like, this has already happened, and those two games are not free to play uh, yeah. either. So, I mean, or at least they weren't at the time. I don't know if you consider Game Pass free to play ish, but whatever. Like at the time, they certainly were not. Um, and so, like, I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, one question I guess I do have is like, and I'm not a lawyer, but there's a there wasn't there like a whole law, blah blah blah, with. Um, YouTube where they weren't allowed to advertise to children in certain ways or they weren't allowed to track children like with cookies like uh, 
like cookies on on the browser and stuff like this, um, or like create an app profile for them or something. It's something like that because when you yeah. upload a video to YouTube, you have to say no, this isn't made for kids. And so it's like when you lot when you go into one of these games. I mean, I guess it's a free to play game, so you're almost always registering. And I guess you would register with your age too. Um, but I wonder if that's going to apply to them as well, or whether it's mostly br- like in the browser content. I don't know if there's a difference. Uh, for legalities, like that's mm-hmm. for I don't know that's for a lawyer to analyze and answer. But um, I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, we get advertised to everywhere, so it's one of those things where it's like it's starting to get annoying. But at the same time, it's like if I was playing something and there was an advertisement in there that wasn't like a banner ad that was blocking mm-hmm. my menu, <laughs> it would be like, I wouldn't really care because we see advertisements on the dashboards of our consoles anyway. And then we do, or we did see advertisements in the start menu of windows 10. Um, well, you know what so, I mean? Yeah. I, there hasn't really been ads on PlayStation, but I know Xbox, particularly uh, starting in the 360 did start doing it for like other things. That's a bit intrusive, I find, um, because I paid for the goddamn console. Well, what about that PS Now tile that they added? See, I don't, I don't consider advertising your own products uh, advertising. If I'm, if I'm buying a PlayStation and there's services available to me showing me that that service exists, I don't consider an advertisement. But this, this wasn't like in the store, or like. Yeah as a notification, which would honestly be annoying as well, but this wasn't like out of the way. This was like, they added a tile, like as if it was a game. Yeah. And I think, and I think you could delete that though. Can you like, it was like, Oh, like, you You know, 400 games and you can download them now and you know, whatever the numbers were. And then you you could could delete delete the tile. It's sort of like, why was this, you know, I understand why it was there, but it's sort of like, to me that almost that's advertising. Um, or it is, um, I get what you mean though. It's sort of like, you know, if you're using Netflix and Netflix has a new thing, you might want to know about it. Yeah. So like, fair enough. But I just thought that was a bit intrusive. I think there's like better ways to go about it because it's not like it's not like a sales tile appears on your PlayStation mm-hmm. when like the spring sales on and it's always the tile that's in focus when the console boots up. Uh, It does on PS4, actually. I don't know if you booted up your PS4 in a while, but oh, there wow. are tiles that appear on there for the sales. Oh. Um, uh, it's been a long time since I booted up PS4, so I, I stand corrected. <laughs> Here's something really annoying. Now, I don't know if this is on NBC's end or up here in Canada, if it's on Global's end. But when watching SNL, um, after the adver- after the, like, the ad break is done and SNL is showing, a little pop-up from the bottom will appear and advertise some product. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so absurd to me. It's like, I gave you my time you know, during the ad break. You don't just you don't get to come in now during the programming, you know, that's really annoying. Well, I noticed, too, that, you know, obviously you have programs like TV where especially if it's reality TV, they'll have ad spots like the infamous Pawn Stars with Subway. And I've noticed that I've noticed before on History Channel, not specifically watching Pawn Stars, but watching something on History Channel. You're right. Like they'll have the commercials. So there's a commercial break. You know, it's a few minutes. The show comes back and then an animated Tide Pod came like flying in or some (laughs) sort of cleaning product came flying in. And then it was like, oh, you know, Tide Pods or whatever this cleaning product is. And it was like on the lower third and sometimes even like down the side. And I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, like I'm watching a, a program 
which is potentially going to have an ad spot in it. There's ad breaks to the program, and now there's an an ad overlay. It's like, why isn't there ads on my satellite, you know, DVR? Like what? Like my receiver? <laughs> like what? Like where? Where else? Like you can't use a remote for the next five seconds, and then like have like a dancing like bubbly oh, like can or something. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. for fuck's sake! Like what's going on? Yeah, I will say this: I prefer. Um, what do you call that when like there's a like a Coke can in a in a movie or something? What's that called? Like in like like in ad or no? That's not right. It's called something, right? I'm not like I no. Can't you're right. It. You're absolutely right. It's like I forget. I I absolutely forget the phrase or the whatever it's called. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. yeah. But I I I don't like when it's blatant, but I don't mind it occurring. So if someone's like, if there's a Coke can in a in a sitting on the counter in some kitchen in a movie, I don't mind that because I actually like seeing real products in movies. It's almost more uh, distracting when I'm trying to see what fake brand they made up, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like it's not uh, Coca Cola. It's like Cola Cola or something. And it's like, wait, yeah. what's that? Like, is that a <laughs> like what is that? Yeah. And so I wouldn't mind if games did that. That'd be fine to me if they if they wanted to have people drinking Coke cans or the Monster Energy drinks in uh, in uh, Death Stranding, Seven Up, that, and other products in Yakuza. Yeah, like I, I don't I don't mind that at all. That's um, fine. That's just life. Like we we could drink Seven Up. Like, <laughs> like right. Um, so I don't mind the, the they mentioned the billboard things that doesn't bother me really, particularly with free to play games. It's hard to complain when it's a free to play game. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, and like with a lot of free to play games, a lot of them are I mean arguably like but but they're getting uh, subscription fees, and so like even if you really want like if Fortnite added this, like you realistically could have billboards in the Fortnite world, and if you didn't want them to be um you know the actual ads and you wanted them to be like ads for like the Durr burger and stuff that's in universe so if you paid mm-hmm. for like the Fortnite plus or whatever it's called uh then you could maybe get rid of them or something i mean again we're starting to get into this territory though where it's like things are starting to become like there's too na- there's too many ads and then there's there, there's too many ways things are monetized so like we're navigating like a minefield where it's like well i have to have a subscription here to get yeah. rid of these ads and it's starting to get like a bit much because it's like if you think yeah. about it it's like with cable TV, it's like you have your ad breaks, and now there's ad like lower thirds, and then there's or an ad overlay, I guess, and then there's also the ads, like I said, like in the actual things, and and you're right about the the um, in program placement of the ads or whatever, where we should really look up what that what that's called, but uh, it's, just, it's a common phrase. I can't it think it of is it. a common phrase, and I just cannot <laughs> remember it. Um, but like, there's like I remember that I was watching Hawaii Five O once, the new one. And there was a car chase and like they at least, okay, unless it was cinematography, which is possible, but I certainly got a real good look at the new Suburban and a real oh, yeah. good look <laughs> at the new Chevy Cruze with the black bow tie, which is the uh, the logo for, for Chevy. And it's and it was absolutely the car that caught the criminal. So it's sort of like, okay. And then I remember watching Burn Notice was one time with Patton Oswalt, actually, he was in it. And he had a damn Windows phone, and they so blatantly cut to a shot where you could see him fucking with his Windows phone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it, he, like, unlocked it. And I'm like, why do I need to see him unlock his phone? And then mm-hmm. it was, like, going through the tiles, and I'm like, oh, I see. Like, I see what <laughs> I see. what's going on here. So there was that. So, yeah. I think it could be a slippery slope, though. I think that's probably the worry. 
that's because it already is a slippery slope, right? Like we're already mm-hmm. in this in this era of like <laughs> where we, we are we already have three le- three potential layers of ads on a TV program. I mean. Like how many but, more? Uh, how many more can we get here? <laughs> like even even Fortnite, which is free, and obviously they make a bunch of money off their game, um, the Battle Pass and their store. But even stuff like uh, Bruno Mars showing up, like that's technically marketing. Like like they're trying to promote Bruno Mars, so I go listen to Bruno Mars's new album. You know. Yes, that's correct. So, but but I do like when it when and when it's handled like that though where it's kind of incorporated into the game or the world or the TV show or whatever. I prefer that. If you're going to sell me ads, do it in a way like that. That's like tasteful and not just like a pop-up, you know? Well, you're hundred percent right in that because I remember again, watching burn notice a number of years ago. And the one of the characters drives a, uh, I think it's a Hyundai Genesis, which is like a sports car. And I never really thought of it as an ad and then she gets another car later for some reason, and it's a red Hyundai Genesis. And then I saw um, a commercial at one of the points in the show. This is years ago, but I saw a commercial for winning, winning, excuse me, a Hyundai Genesis. And I was like, oh, shit, that was an, it, like they're advertising the, the Hyundai Genesis. <laughs> like, I just never yeah. really thought of it. Um, but like, that's a very generic way to do it. Like, that's a really natural way to do it. It's like this person drives fast all the time. Like, that's her character. She bought a sports car. So I never, I never gave it a second thought. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I guess we'll see our if our uh, future is filled with ads. Uh, next story here: Zelda Breath of the Wild two might be too big for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, experts say this is a story from IGN. So over on Digital Foundry and first reported by Games Radar, Richard Ledbetter, uh, John Lenman, and Alex uh, Batagalia. Bataglia? Are you waiting for my check? Because I I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bataglia. Bataglia uh, it looks like that looks right. That <laughs> sounds right. Dissected the most recent Breath of the Wild 2 footage, pointing out a couple of details that, that suggest the next big Zelda game might be too big to perform on the current Switch hardware. They said, quote, this trailer was interesting because the image quality seemed quite good. Uh I was a little I was a little bit surprised by how sharp and clear this looked compared to the original in general. Uh, end quote. Uh, Bataglia dove into specifics, saying that the volumetric clouds present in the footage would be hard for the current 2017 switch to pull off, while camera cuts uh, with perfect anti-aliasing are all are something even the Xbox Series X struggles with. And they said, quote, it could be the next switch. It could uh, be just that they rendered out a trailer on higher resolution and higher settings, end quote. Now, they did point out that Nintendo doesn't usually like to show off something that isn't running on the console. Well, that's so actually that kind of nice. For them to do. Yeah. Uh, however, these guys, these guys are, I don't know if you've ever watched Digital Foundry's uh, reviews or their, their tech-like reviews, but they, they really seem like they know what they're talking about when it comes to the graphical fidelity of games and stuff. Um, so yeah, how do you how do you, what do you think about this? Is this is Switch already uh, in need of a uh, new version? Well, this is like I mean, it's a shame that Tim's not here um, because like we've had the conversations where like um, like you and I often will say like hey like you know the Switch has to upgrade at some point and like he'll be like oh no you know kind of Nintendo does their own thing which is fair enough um, but like I think this is like where the rubber kind of hits the road. It's at a point where it's like 
I mean, if you don't have a 3D processor, you can't process 3D games. Obviously, the Switch does. But what I'm trying to point out is, like, you can ignore the specs to a point. And I think maybe if this is true, the Switch's low specs have caught up with it. It's, 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 you know, it's been great that they've ignored it, you know, virtually ignored it for the majority of this time. And it's lasted all this time. And you have some great performing games on there. Some, you know, some bad ones, but I mean, that happens to all consoles, but it's like, this thing is running on if, isn't it like an Nvidia shield or something architecture or some, something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And it's like, it, like, is this. <laughs> You know, is is this sustainable from a technical standpoint? And I, I think that it's like Nintendo now, maybe if this is true, maybe Nintendo cannot continue to ignore this because like it like it sucks. Like I under, I understand like it's, it's almost like Nintendo is like a creative and they build what they want. They do what they want. They make the Wii U. They make the GameCube. They make the Wii. Um, they you know, they they. Like all those consoles are unique in their own right. And that's a very Nintendo thing. Meanwhile, you have the PlayStation, which do have unique things, but it's like this plays games. The next one plays games better. The next one plays games better. Yeah. Like it's a very like almost like a linear, you know, this one's even better now. Like PS4 is worse than PS5. Like it's very whatever. But when you talk about Nintendo, you're like, oh, well, the Wii is a motion thing. Like, like the very first thing you think of is the, is the motion controls. You don't really think about the power of the Wii. And then it comes Visuals up. don't matter. Yeah, the visuals don't matter. It's like, man, like, this is really innovative. And then it's like, oh, man, the Switch is portable. And it's like, oh, like, the Wii U has this gamepad. And you don't need to use the TV. Or you can do two-player and have two separate screens. Like, you, 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 it's almost like when you talk about Nintendo, you talk about the innovation first. But there still needs to be some tech there. And I think that this may be, if this is true, this may be where... Either they're going to have to come up with some really good um, optimizations, which is totally possible, or they're going to either have to cut it back, which is also possible, or they're going to have to start thinking, okay, we have to release either a Switch 2 or something with more power, like whatever the marketing is going to be, because this is this is not good. Like, you know what I mean? If this is true, especially when obviously this is an eagerly anticipated title. Yeah. You know, um, so it's if this is true, it's a shame. I could certainly see it being true. There are some games that like, you know, Project Cars couldn't get running on the Wii U or something. But it's like mm-hmm. it's like there are certain games that, in my, you know, in, 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 in full defense of Nintendo, I haven't actually tried them. But like I wouldn't try, say, um, like I've not even even seen either either one. I would not even try to put Starfield on the on the on the switch. Okay. Like 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 the, like the Switcher was even known for being like Jesus. Like they can do this, mm-hmm. you know, um, because of the power and like like look how many years ago that was. They yeah. were they you know and 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 look how old realistically the Witcher three is. They put the Witcher three on the on the switch and people are like Jesus. Like I'm surprised they can get it to run. We're years later now, you know. If Nintendo wants to get into these really big open <laughs> worlds and these really large like like living breathing worlds. You know, with these volumetric clouds and all the rest of it, like there is a there is a computing requirement. They, like that's just the reality. Uh, one thing to note is that the the first Breath of the Wild uh, was first developed on the Wii U, right? And and it had to still run on the Wii U, so it might not have been taking full advantage of the Switch. And we often see. Um, 
developers, you know, get better at optimizing the console at the end of its life, you know? So it very well could be that just the developers behind Breath of the Wild 2, you know, really know what they're doing now in terms of squeezing out that power. That's exactly it too, right? Like it, it mm-hmm. there's there's probably tricks now where devs have figured out tricks to make things run better on there. And, you know, it if it's if it's one of those things where they've like figured out a way to like make it so that the you know the clouds disappear super quick or something or unload super quick when you're not looking at them or load in such a way that they look fine and they slowly get better you know how like some games will have a blurry texture load instantly and then yeah and then have a better texture load over time that type of thing um like maybe if that's like stuff like that and i'm sure there's way more i'm not a game dev but like stuff like that like maybe and hopefully they can get it running but like I, I honestly wonder. You know, there, there's, there's, there's a certain amount you can do with optimizations, but you know, having Zelda be a Nintendo title at this point, effectively, it's sort of like, do they hold themselves back for the hardware that Nintendo provides? Like, are there Nintendo developers out there that intentionally cannot do what they actually wanted to do because the hardware isn't there? I don't know if that's right. true. You know, I'm speculating. And I'm, a- or I'm not even speculating. I'm asking. Um, yeah. But like, I, it's it, it it's interesting. Like, I I'm honestly surprised that we don't have another Switch, or at <laughs> least like a Switch Pro or something. There has to be one coming within the next two years, I think. Yeah. Despite what they despite what they kind of like say or dismiss. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. Yeah. But for sure, working on something, and I don't think it's going to be like a different thing. I think I think the Switch might be their kind of product for a while. I don't think we're going to see the same kind of massive changes that we saw from like the GameCube to the Wii and then the Wii to the Wii U and then Switch era. So, because where do no. you go from the the perfect handheld video game console? You know, I don't know where else you go from there. Back well, I to mean, another set top box. Like, I, I mean, like, that seems strange. They could. I mean, like, like you know, Tim and Adriano would argue. Like right now, they would probably. And I'm just I'm speaking for them. Like I'm not, not I'm not officially speaking for them. I mean, to say, but like what, what I would words assume, in their mouth. Yeah, I'd say it was, Tim says quote no, <laughs> but like like Tim and Adriano would probably say you know they they'll do anything. Like if they want to go to a set top box, they will. If they want to go to like a desktop computer, you know they will. It's like whatever people whatever Nintendo wants to build, they don't give a, they don't give a crap. But you're right. It's sort of like they do have some. They have to have some sort of like semblance of. Like, look at the Wii U. The Wii U didn't do well. Do you really want to make six consoles in a row that don't do well? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? If they just keep releasing, 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 it's like they kind of made this perfect handheld. It's like, how do they get out of this? And I mean, they could just leave, but well, I, also, I don't see it. It cannibalized their two lines, though. That or too. at least it, it cannibalized their DS line. Um, so if they were into, went to back to a solely, you know, set-top box type of console... They would have to make a a, a portable console again, um, or, the, I feel or like they wouldn't. Switch is just the best of the both both worlds. That's the thing. It's like it's like, or they wouldn't. But then, like, what like is the Steam Deck taking over then? <laughs> like, right. yeah, because like obviously there's a need or desire, or want whatever for a mobile console of sorts, mm-hmm. a mobile device. Yep. So, by the way. Um, Product placement was the word we were thinking of earlier. Product placement. Yeah, yeah. It's so simple. Eh? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next story here. Uh, this is a bit of an odd one, and I don't mean that pun intentionally. Um, 
PS Plus was devastating for Oddworld Soulstorm uh, sales, says the developer. Uh, this is from IGN. So Lauren Landing, founder of Oddworld Inhabitants, said the game was downloaded close to 4 million times through PS Plus, significantly more than the studio's expect- expectations of 50 to 100,000. Uh, speaking on the Xbox Expansion Pass podcast, spotted by Video Games Chronicles, uh, Chronicle, Landing said there was nothing malicious about the deal Sony's, on Sony's end, but circumstances made it a double-edged sword. Soul, Soulstorm was free to download in April 2021, the same month it launched, and while Sony has never made clear how it comes to this agreement with developers, it's understood that a one-off payment is made. Uh, Landing explained that Oddworld Inhabitants and its partner developers were already struggling when they were approached by Sony. He said, quote, we were hitting a number of legacy technical debt issues and talent issues, uh, end quote. Uh, so they needed money to finish the game, and they didn't expect launch sales on PlayStation 5 to earn more than what Sony offered, because in January, when the game was due to launch, there was a still a severe shortage of consoles. And he said, quote, we were supposed to deliver in January, so at that time, there wasn't going to be any uh, game machines. We were like, how many could we possibly sell? Uh, we needed the money to complete the project, and we thought we did pretty good, a pretty good deal. In January, there's no way we'll see uh, we'll sell more than this. Because it slipped to April, we had the highest downloaded game on PS5, uh, and it was, I think, approaching close to 4 million units or something like that for free because they were all subscriptions. So for us, it was devastating, end quote. So... I guess the idea here is that Sony pays you a one-time payment to get your game onto game, uh, uh, PS Plus. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many times it's downloaded or how popular it gets, that's all you get as the developer. I mean, you're making it free for a month. Yeah. You're making it free to two subscribers of PlayStation Plus for a month, of which there are a lot of them. Well, give me give me your thoughts on this. How do you how do you feel? I have a question. So actually, so when I first as I read this earlier as well in the week and the way I understood it was he was like it was almost like because I I think even it's either in this article or another person's article. They said they mentioned like, you know, when when it was downloaded four million times, they said, you know, obviously there's no way to tell whether if this was not a PlayStation Plus title, would it have been purchased four million times? And it and that and that this sounded like as if the developer was kind of saying, hey, you know, this really sucks because we could have had four million dollars in sales. But what I'm wondering is, is, is if this is exclusively because of the launch issue. Was this supposed to release in January? And they were hoping to accrue sales from January through April. And then it was always a PS plus April game, but the game was delayed until April. And then they released it in April and it launched on PS Plus effectively. And is that the main problem that this guy is trying to point out? Now, the 4 million sales is like, is he saying, you know, is he saying sort of like, you know, we were really, and I'm kind of guessing at this point, but it's like, is he saying, you know, we weren't really expecting to sell 4 million units, but because the number is so high, we think that the sales are going to suffer after. And so we've effectively gotten a one-time payment for an entire game through the majority of its life cycle because 4 million people downloaded it. Because there's a part here where he says we were supposed to deliver in January. So at that time, there wasn't going to be any game machines, meaning like the PS5. 
Yeah. We were like, how could we pos- how, how many could we possibly sell? You know, we needed the money to complete the project. We thought we did a pretty good deal. In January, there's no in January, there's no way we'll sell more than this. But I'm, so they they must have gave them some quote, or they, they they must have their own internal expectations, right? And they're probably saying, "Oh, we're gonna sell," you know, let's say just say I don't know, hundred thousand units. They said fifty, 50 to hundred thousand units, right? Um, I lost my train of thought here. You're saying fifty to hundred thousand units is like what they were expecting, what the developer oh, right. was so, expecting. If they were if they were expecting fifty to one hundred thousand sales without PS Plus, this was just their own internal kind of marketing strategy or or research or whatever, right? Certainly. Um, and they must have said, okay, if we multiply that by how much money we make per sale, and PS Plus is probably paying equal, if not more, than that, mm-hmm. right? They probably saw that as a good deal, right? So if it, when they then see four million, maybe you're right. Maybe they're thinking, "Oh my God, we completely saturated the potential market," right? Because if those those people probably intersected with the people who would have bought it, right? Yes. And by the time the PS Plus sale or the PS Plus offering is is gone, there's not going to be enough people left to actually purchase the game. Well, it's also it's also the fact that like like I think. Like what you said, plus the the amount of consoles in the market too, because mm-hmm. because it had slipped, you know, we're talking. Let's just be inclusive in in the month. So January, February, March, April. So you know, let's say let's just say three months, um, because like obviously it was released within those. So let's just say three months ish. It's like they met like there were three to four months more console sales and consoles being built shipped and purchased because they even said like they wanted the game out in January. And that I would assume is like, they would expect the 50 to 100,000 sales or at least a portion of that in the launch window. And then you would have some people downloading on PS plus, but because it effectively down, if it effectively launched basically (laughs) on PS plus, they miss out on the sales. Cause like, if you, if you see that it's coming out on PS plus, you're not going to download it. And then also because it had more sales, like, like or because it had because the console had more sales, they're they're thinking shit. Like mm-hmm. we didn't think that this was even possible. Like why would four million people download it? But I would like to know, however, how many people claim and don't download. And also, if you don't have a PS Five, I would assume you can still claim from the app. How many people do not have a PS Five yet and they just claim everything from the app, the PlayStation? That's app? what I kind of do, yeah. Because that would like. Like we would have to have another PS Plus game to compare it to, but mm-hmm. th- that would tell us more of the story here. Yeah, yeah. As to whether they actually got screwed over, like I, I get it. Like it's sort of like they missed the launch window. You know, it sucks. They got their money. Now they've launched on PS Plus. Is there going to be any more sales? Is is kind of generally the question, I guess. But it's it's also hard to believe that I don't think this game would have got anywhere near four million people viewing it like it's it's hard not to think that they're equating how many people downloaded this game with how many people who would have purchased it yes that's what the writer of the article that i read during the week was 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 asking they were sort of raising that question of 
there's no way to actually prove that this game would have sold four million units. Yeah. So it, I, like I don't I don't know how many games this this how many units this would have sold, but if they thought it was a good deal for the PS Plus thing, and they needed the money apparently to finish the game. So it's like, would, would they have even survived if they didn't have this? That's, that's another that, question. That's a question. That's a question too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think this raises a lot of questions about you know PS Plus and even to an extent Game Pass as to how these deals are structured, and this might give uh, hesitation to other developers wanting to be launching um, with PS Plus. Obviously, we, there's the success success stories like. Um, uh, What's that soccer game? Rocket League. Racing Rocket League. And then the other, that, that fun kind of game. That, uh, God. Brain not oh, working today. Um, you know what it's called. The uh, Fall Guys. Fall Guys. But, but the thing with those games, though, they can make money after the fact. They're selling cars and skins and character items and battle passes, you know. So for them to have 4 million people download their game is actually beneficial. But if you're like Oddworld, I don't think there's any kind of, you know, (laughs) I don't think it makes money after you buy it. Right. Right. So you're stuck with that deal. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take that into consideration. I think when launching on, on PS plus or game pass. Well, as far as I know, and I haven't, I haven't played it myself, but like, as far as I understand it, having done a very small amount of research on my phone just now, there is no microtransactions <laughs> actually in Oddworld Soulstorm. Yeah, right. right. And so like that, you're right. Like it's sort of like if let's say a Fortnite, you know, had had released on PS Plus, Fortnite doesn't care about that initial sale. They mm-hmm. want the battle pass. They want the subscription. They want you to buy the item shop stuff. They want you to buy the V bucks so you can buy, you know, whatever. There's like a whole economy in the game. Um, and like, I mean, Rocket League was purchased by Epic. So now there's an item shop effectively in there too. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, you know, you know, stuff like that. Plus, I mean, I don't know if Oddworld Soulstorm is, is cross gen. Like, is it cross gen? It might've been. Or or not, not cross gen. Sorry. Like, um, where was it released? Like, is it, is it on Xbox? Is it, um, like, is it on PC? Like, where is it? Let's take a look. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. I'm not even sure if it was outside of PlayStation or not. You know, You're, yeah, because it's like it's like if it's yeah, OK, platform. OK, according to Google, anyway, it says platforms is PS4, <laughs> Series X and S, Xbox One, Microsoft Windows and PlayStation 5. So it's like it's one of their platforms. I think they're I think they're looking at that four million wrong because if, if, if this developer truly is not a microtransaction, you know, toting developer, which I, mm-hmm. I know very little about them. But if we assume that, I mean, it's very possible that they don't really like do this type of like online you know what i mean like they're not in this yeah. where like yeah. they're not like oh i'll just add microtransactions now and stuff like this like they're seeing it as like they're seeing revenue as like just purely sales right it's almost like the old school way and so i could see how they'd like you know worry about this but like i would still love to know how many of those four million units have even been booted up and downloaded yeah you know yeah well i think uh We've heard success stories on Game Pass's end too. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy said that you know launching well after <laughs> release date has been a boost for their game. So I think you definitely have to kind of consider when you're adding your game to these subscription services. 
Well, it sucks when games are, you know, let's I know with inflation, this and that they're considered cheap or whatever. But like in terms of the the standard pricing model of today, mm-hmm. they're rather expensive. Like $100 is not something to joke about. And like right. it's it's almost $100 Canadian. So it's like, I mean, do you really want to risk it or do you wait for it to come to Game Pass? You know, um, right. Yeah. And. I think that's going to happen to a lot of people is like there's going to be less experimentation. And yes, there are crazy sales on stuff. We've we discussed that before. But if you really want it to be a real crazy sale, if you got to wait a few years, now your mind's on something else. You're not thinking about, you know, Guardians or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our final story. Uh, Sony goes big on Epic Games with a whopping $1 billion investment. This is from Kotaku. Uh, Epic Games recently announced an Epic new wave of fundraising notable uh, both for the $2 billion it pulled in and for an eye raising firm uh, present among the leaders, uh, leading part- partners, Sony, the makers of PlayStation VR have invested a cool $1 billion. <laughs> Why is that PlayStation VR. It, it makes sense. Um, uh, later on here. Um, invested a cool $1 billion in Epic to further the development of new digital fan experiences and the metaverse. This isn't the only significant investment Sony has made in Epic. In 2020, Sony invested $250 million in Epic for reasons that, at least publicly, could only be defined as, quote, a bunch of business buzzwords, end quote. <laughs> a year later, Sony poured a further $200 million in for much of, much of the same. And then t- today's investment, obviously, uh, is a lot larger than both uh, combined. Um, it's not totally clear why uh, all this money. Uh, whether it's laying the groundwork for eventual PlayStation exclusivity of future games developed by Epic or, as heavily suggested by statements from the CEOs of both companies, more about beefing up Sony's virtual reality endeavors. So I guess we they, they talked about the PlayStation VR 2. You know, I'm not sure what Epic is doing in the VR space. I don't know if I really heard much about what's happening with them there. I haven't really heard about anything like that. The, the Fortnite's sort of a metaverse, right? So yeah, it's this I guess it's that metaverse thing, right? They, well, they he, want because you you because I guess you could they could eventually develop something outside of Fortnite itself, but but also a metaverse. Maybe you can use your Fortnite characters and all your purchases in there, but it would then be VR. Yeah, like a Fortnite VR makes sense because there are a lot of creative experiences actually in Fortnite. Like Fortnite's known mm-hmm. for the battle royale, but there's actually like a bunch of player made maps and stuff like that. If you get you can get the world code or find it in the uh, the game lobby searcher or whatever the hell it is. Um, and you could like find, you know, unique experiences that people have created in the creative mode. You can create yourself, of course. Um, I, I think that I think one thing is like one thing I, I think that uh, Sony might buy Epic. Uh, I think that's possible. Oh, wow. Um, I think that could be one of the acquisitions they get. Like, imagine just getting Fortnite. Well, like, GG, we yeah. all know. Like, I mean, yeah, that's sense. true. But that's a big purchase. And I'm not sure why they would do that when they're putting in these little tiny amounts, relatively speaking. What if it's like a deal? Like, what if this is like, you know, we'll put a little bit, put a little aside, put a little aside, put a little aside. Ah, okay, let's do it. Maybe. Because, like, what if the board's on the fence? And so, like, you convince the board. Let's or do. Let's Sony do a big investment. Them all in one go. That's possible too. Yeah, I haven't like checked the numbers. Certainly. Um, I do want to say something about this whole metaverse thing, though. Is I feel like when you call something a metaverse, it's not going to become a metaverse. Yeah. 
Um, I think that a metaverse has to come from the fact that it's just where people hang out and then it kind of becomes a metaverse because like a metaverse to me is sort of like a place where you just sort of like exist digitally, whether it's, you know, in a, like a, a VR and you have an avatar that looks like you experience or whether like you have an avatar that looks like an orc <laughs> or like whatever yeah. other creature. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel as though it's like people are calling uh, Fortnite a metaverse because you can you know be creative. You can do all this stuff. And I guess, you know, you're, you are technically right. And because it has all these licenses, but then it's like, well, Facebook has a, you know, meta or I guess meta has a metaverse and you know, it's that horizons or horizon or whatever it's called. And it's sort of like that one's supposed to be more realistic where I realize there's no legs and stuff like this. Like there's still some quirks there, but like you're supposed to represent yourself, Like you know, you connect your mm-hmm. Facebook profile and like you are like that person in, in the metaverse. But I feel like uh, like them shoving a metaverse down our throat may not work. I might be totally wrong, but like if if there's a game where people hang out and then Fortnite goes and says, all right, well. Let's add like a plaza where players can hang out and then like players like the plaza and then the plaza gets iterated upon. It's like that's how a metaverse to me comes to fruition. Facebook coming to us and saying this is a metaverse exist in it and not directly. They don't obviously directly say that, but like effectively, that's kind of what it feels like they're saying. Yeah, this is a metaverse. Go check it out and live in there. It's sort of like I'm not against it or anything like whatever. Um, I still think it's pretty cool and I've had my experiences in there and I've talked about that, but it's sort of like, I don't really feel like that's how you get people to use it. It's like Second Life, which I think it might still be around. I'm not really sure if it is, but Second Life was supposed to be this big metaverse and, you know, it grew to a certain extent, sure, certainly, but it wasn't like we knew, you know, three people that were all in it. It's like, if that's the case, it's like World of Warcraft's a bigger metaverse than Second Life is. And World of Warcraft never claimed to be a metaverse. You know, it's an MMO. It's just a game. Um, so that's kind of my take on it. It's sort of like it's sort of like PlayStation Home. It's like PlayStation Home was like, go in here and like, you know, boot up games, talk to your friends and stuff. And it's sort of like, yeah, but I can do that with an easy to use interface. Like, why would I go into PlayStation Home, which is another step? Yeah. I think that it's almost like these metaverses, you know, the more I hear about them, the more that I see them, I think they they need to become more natural where we need to slowly start using these devices like VR and then we need to slowly experience it. It's sort of like, because here's my thoughts on on, on this epic thing explicitly or like uh, specifically rather, is that it's like Sony goes big into epic, let's say for the for the reason of the metaverse and because they want to bring the metaverse which is Fortnite, to their PSVR 2. Is it a metaverse if it's only on the PSVR 2? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I mean? It's like, is it though? Like, And also, it's like, what makes Fortnite a metaverse? The licenses, sure. The creation, sure. <coughs> but then there's a, like Facebook's version of it's like, go hang around and like build a house and like the definition isn't there. And I understand that people don't know what they want. And so, you know, if somebody hadn't made the smartphone, no one would have a smartphone, for example, and stuff like this. Right. Like people don't know what they want. Like they'll be like, I want a better radio. They won't say I want a smartphone if they're way back in the day. Uh, so 
I understand that like we're kind of in this infancy period, but what type of metaverse is Fortnite? Like, am I going to hang out in your digital apartment, Ryan, as Marcus Phoenix, and you're going to be <laughs> Aloy, and you know Marty's going to be the Durberger, and like, is that how we're all going to hang out? Like, or, I mean, or you, does a metaverse argue, require a hangout? Like, is that a thing? Like, yeah, because you could argue we're in the metaverse right now with Follow Seventy Six or, or what we currently do with Fortnite. You know, just being in a PlayStation party is apparently a metaverse now. Just, just talking with your friends online. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, it just it's it's because it, people would say like, "I'll it's just too do that on Discord." Right now, I think it's too broad, and and it is, there's no there's no specificity. Mm-hmm. Um, where some metaverses are going the whole live a second life, you know, buy yeah. a plot of land, build a house, the, like a suburb may open up around you. There's going to be restrictions on how much land you can have. And maybe it even costs real money. Maybe it connects to a cryptocurrency, which can be converted into real dollars. So now there's like a, an actual financial incentive. Like there are the, I guess the realistic metaverses. Then there's sort of like, I don't know, the fantasy ones where we're in Fortnite, where everything's cartoony. It, it's not like a representation of real life, realistically anyway. <laughs> and like you have like Marcus Phoenix in the same world as Aloy, which just license wise is crazy. And then, you know, it's like, and then you have Facebook, which is more like, you know, you don't have legs, but you can walk around as a human and connect it to your Facebook profile and, you know, this and that and the other thing. And it's sort of like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that, like, that's what I don't, I actually don't know if you need to connect your Facebook profile to the Horizons or whether it was just to the Oculus account. I don't remember. But regardless, it's still like, that's what I'm just not, like, quite sure on. Is it, and, and like, I guess a billion dollars isn't an insane amount for Sony. But if we're talking about this PSVR, what is Epic going to bring to the PSVR too? Time will tell, man. Time will tell. Like, are we going to build... Like, a, a serious question is, are we going to use the construction tools... And this is possible. I'm not complaining. The construction slash the creative tools of Fortnite to build an actual world that aren't just like, use my world code or whatever to get into my game. Build an actual world and they have like a central station like like Horizons, like Meta's does. Is that what we're aiming toward? Are we not going to be in a lobby anymore so much as we are going to be in, like, my house? Like, am I going to build a house in Fortnite? Well, and then it's like, everyone come to my house. Let's all, let's jump into a round of uh, BR. Like, let's do a quick uh, Battle Royale. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's going to have to be bigger platforms than Epic. Um, because Epic's not really a platform right now. You know what I mean? Like, Sony's more of a platform because they... They provide right. more than just one thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of feel like there's going to be competing metaverses until there's only like two or three in existence. And they're all going to battle out. Facebook's going to be there. Maybe Epic and Sony team up and are there. I don't know if Microsoft's doing anything in this space. Uh, there's word that Apple's going to get in there at some point, you know, and they're all going to battle it out and we're going to be left with a few and then maybe yeah maybe we'll meet up there and that's where you instead of like logging onto your playstation you log on to the sony metaverse and then we can say oh do you want to go play 76 and we're like yeah sure and we just hop into 76 yeah we're still we're still at a point where like computing used to be done at the desk at a desktop computer and then it became more mobile and i'm and i'm just talking at a high level it became more mobile with cell phones 
Then it became very mobile with smartphones where, you know, went beyond just texting and calling. You could actually have some data. Then, like, the smartphones got better and better, and there's more mobile devices like Switches and 3DSs and all this other stuff that you could bring the computing, like, out of the desk, like, or off of the desk, out of the home, bring it with you, and it's battery power, and it's compact, and you can travel with it, and it's easier to bring. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, like, say, like playing a PlayStation game, it's still very much like, go to living room, boot up PlayStation, boot it up. Now, there's obviously, you're streaming on your Game Pass, but it's like... In order for Fortnite to be like a metaverse where I would hang around in, it'd be like, I'm on a business trip. We take like a real life scenario. I'm on a business trip. I'm going somewhere for business. I'm alone. (laughs) It's not a conference or something. It's just like, I need to go for a bunch of meetings or I need to do some on-site work. So I'm like alone at night. I'm just like bored in the hotel room. So like, am I bringing a PlayStation or are we going to reach the point in which I literally always have my VR headset with me? And then I just jump into an experience like Fortnite. I go into my house and I'm just like working on my digital house. I see that you're online. I invite you and we go and play around a battle royale. Like, mm-hmm. is that where we're headed? Maybe. But at the same time, it's sort of like. Look how long it's taken to get off of the desktop and we're on desktops right now. <laughs> like you yeah. and I are like you and I are on desktops right now. Yeah, it's like. We could be portable if we wanted, but it's like, are we going like, like what is going to pull us away from the traditional sit at a computer, sit at a, sit on a couch and use a set top box, like a console. What is going to pull us away from that to make us use? I think it, I think in order for the metaverse to truly succeed, I think we have to have VR and AR be the number one thing. Like, I think it has to be the thing that right now we always carry a smartphone and we always have a smartwatch. We would always have to have a, a VR yeah. AR headset on. We would have to. We have to keep in mind, too, version one is going to be garbage. Which I think we're in right the now. The first iPhone is was bad, but you saw the potential. You know, you understood it. Mm-hmm. And that has to be sold to us as consumers um, somehow, you know. Agreed. So... We'll see who does it, does it first, and I'm excited to see people battling it out. Um, I'm not one to shy away from you know new technological things. I know a lot of people already hate metaverse and and all that kind of talk. People hate um, everything, but though. we haven't we, we haven't even seen it yet. Really, we haven't. You know, you're <laughs> yeah. hating it before we even know what the hell it is. And I'm just I don't want to be that person, you know, yelling at the new technology that comes around because I don't understand it. And I'm too old, and you know. People are I, I've in. heard I heard a case where like people are scared because they think that Silicon Valley is pushing it on us. And it's sort of like kind of, but in the same way that they pushed the iPhone in front of my face, too. Right. Like I, I didn't get beat up because I didn't have an iPhone for a number of years. Like, yeah. it's not like it's not like, you know, friggin, you know, Steve Jobs, yeah, like at the time, like sent his goons out to beat me up. It was just sort of like Steve Jobs would show off his thing. And then eventually it was Tim Cook showing off his thing and like all of his new products. It's like I would see it, but then I'd be like, okay, and walk away. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, Matt. Thanks for joining me, Ryan. Uh, we stream on Wednesdays at twitch.tv slash day one patch media. Uh, Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Probably you be playing are, Grounded. Yeah. Well, you are going to see what Tim and I did on Grounded. Oh, no. Or is that good? Uh, it depends who you ask. Well, it doesn't okay. depend who you ask. It depends. Um, I, I can just tell you because like, you can watch the, the VOD if you want. Um, 
You know how we were supposed to, we found like a ramp, or Tim did, found a ramp up to the second stage. So you have to get some explosives ready to blow up this big rock to go into like the second area of the map. Yeah. Um, well, I found a rocky area on our stage that was pretty close to the wall, pretty close to the wall, like up there. Cause it's, it's like a garden wall that blocks you. So I found like this rock that's near the garden wall so that the height is significantly reduced. And we built a new base. We still have the old base because we need multiple for different areas. We built a new base and we built a staircase that goes up to the garden wall. We're in the new area. And then a staircase that goes down into the oh new area. God. By the way, wolf spiders are common. They're fucking everywhere and they can use staircases, which we also learned. <laughs> so enjoy All that. Right. I will. Um, thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.